Welcome to a special review recap episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On today's episode, I'm going to run you through all of the reviews for the original Broadway production of Good Night Oscar. But before we get into that, just a reminder, if you were hearing this on Patreon, it is a standalone episode. But if you were hearing it in the regular feed, welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, April 25th. Goodnight Oscar is the new play written by Pulitzer Prize winner Doug Wright and directed by Lisa Peterson. It had its out-of-town tryout at Chicago's Goodman Theater last year. As it was in Chicago, the show is led by stage and screen star Sean Hayes. In this comedy, he is playing real-life concert pianist, composer, talk show host, comedian, and actor Oscar Levant. In the cast, he is joined by Emily Burgle, Marchant Davis, Peter Gross, Ben Rappaport, Alex Wise, and John Drajetsky. The show is currently slated to play at the Belasco Theater through August 27th. The plot description of the show reads thusly. It's 1958, and Jack Parr is hosting The Tonight Show. He's booked his favorite guest, a pundit as hilarious as he is unpredictable, Oscar Levant, who once famously proclaimed, there's a fine line between genius and insanity, and I have erased that line. In 90 short minutes, Oscar will have audiences howling, censors scrambling, and, when it's all over, America will be just a little less innocent than she was before. As of recording time, the review aggregator site Did They Like It has collected 10 reviews. Three are positive, four are mixed, and three are negative. Jesse Green of the New York Times was negative, saying, quote, Oscar Levant, the troubled mid-century musician and wag, often said he'd erased the fine line between genius and insanity. He says it again, or a version of it, in Goodnight Oscar, the unconvincing biographical fantasia that opened Monday at the Belasco Theater. But on the evidence of the character as written, and especially as impersonated by Sean Hayes in a gloomy, if accurate, performance, Levant doesn't erase the line so much as fudge it. Certainly the play by Doug Wright fails to make much of a case for the genius part of the joke. Instead, it offers a spray of Levant's most famous quips, like the one about Elizabeth Taylor, quote, always a bride, never a bridesmaid. And instead of dramatizing how marvelous Levant was, it just says so, repeatedly. America's greatest wit, a goddamn lion, a Horowitz at the piano with a grace and an ease that even Chopin might envy fulsome praise, but what we see in director Lisa Peterson's production is a far cry from any of it. Mostly, it's just a cry. Levant doesn't seem brilliant, but ill. Green wraps up his review saying, quote, In those last few minutes only, you see into Levant's soul. It is not a soul made for television, though that's how most people of his time would have known him. Somehow they accepted him as he was, which may not have been a blessing. When asked on a 1965 episode of What's My Line, have you ever managed to make a great deal of use out of various illnesses that you've had? He answered, my health is the concern of the nation. The blindfolded panel knew immediately who he was. I only wish after Goodnight Oscar, we did. Juan A. Ramirez of Theaterly was mixed saying, quote, in a case of life imitating art imitating life, Sean Hayes' stellar take on the virtuosic self-destructive pianist Oscar Levant in Goodnight Oscar matches its setup a captivating presence stuck in a waiting room. Greg Evans of Deadline was negative, saying, quote, Goodnight Oscar, the new bioplay by Doug Wright, starring Sean Hayes as Levant, goes a long way in introducing this long-ago talk show staple to modern audiences. Whether it justifies the effort is considerably less certain. Going over to one of the positive reviews, Lester Fabian Brothwaite, writing for Entertainment Weekly, said, quote, while Hayes' Levant is an acerbic, self-destructive, sad sack of a human being, there's nothing to hate or even dislike about him. Or Goodnight Oscar. Sean Hayes is just too easy to love. 
Chris Jones, writing for the New York Daily News, was also positive, saying, quote, All in all, it's a spectacularly intense and unstinting performance, a Broadway tour de force wherein the honest work bespeaks of a beautiful homage to this phenomenally talented real-life character, a perennial second banana previously in danger of being forgotten in the passage of time. Jackson McHenry of Vulture was negative, saying, quote, I would not recommend showing up an hour and 20 minutes into a Broadway show, but it sure would be nice if you could do that at Goodnight Oscar. In an interesting review for New York Theater Guide, Amelia Merrill said, quote, The second star of the show behind Sean Hayes is Jacqueline E. Lawton, the production's dramaturg. Lawton, along with dramaturg Nina Arndt of the Goodman Theater, where the play premiered last year, ensures that the show balances its dips into the fantastical with historical truths, a difficult tone deftly achieved in Lisa Peterson's adroit production. If only Broadway would embrace the lobby display to immerse audiences even more in Oscar Levant's world. We'll wrap up with the only other positive review that I didn't quote yet. It was from Zachary Stewart of Theater Mania, who said, quote, a towering comedy that casts a long shadow of melancholy. It's a beautiful tribute to one of America's great wits and the woman who sustained him. If you would like to read more of these and other reviews, we will have the Did They Like It recap of all of the reviews, as well as the Broadway World Review Roundup in the show notes. All right, that's all that I have for you today. If you're listening to this on Patreon, enjoy the rest of your Monday night or Tuesday whenever you are listening to this. If you are hearing it in the regular feed, I will now send you over to the rest of Today on Broadway. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. So uh, we're starting the week off. I'm coming uh, straight from the high of Prima Facie's opening last night. Yeah. Um, I some of those uh, reviews. Um, overall, like, did they like it? Like 13 thumbs up and then one to in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they seem to love it, in fact. And it seems like you did, too. Well, I, I got to talk to uh, the creative team and yeah. Jody and a bunch of the stars that were there. Um, my favorite was the fact that, like, as soon as the uh, I got to I do it on you know behalf of the production and through AK and everything, but um, it was mm. just it was fantastic that as we were all leaving, could not have asked for a more exciting Matt Damon just audibly saying phenomenal. Oh my god! <laughs> just like <laughs> Love I'm that. like okay, well, there's your last that, dual star. Yeah, there's your pull quote. I hope somebody yeah. gets that hope up on the signage great. immediately. Yeah. Right? Uh, but yeah, so lots happening, yeah. as we all know. It's crazy, crazy so time for everyone. many. Yeah. Um, as we're recording right now, Goodnight Oscar is opening. So be look uh, be looking out for those uh, reviews coming from Matt as well. Yes. Uh, but we are in the midst of its Tony Award nomination time announcement oh starting next week, exactly yeah. a week from today for May 2nd. And that will be led by Leah Michelle and Tony winner Miles Frost. They will announce the 76th annual Tony Award nominations that morning announced live on CBS mornings, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, we also will have a complete complete list because it's the only partial list announced live. You'll have the uh, official 2023 nominations uh, on the website for the Tony Awards at 9 a.m. Eastern time. This is also a reminder yeah. that the eligibility cutoff date for this or, you know, 2022 to 2023 season is for Thursday, April 27th. Yep. All Broadway productions. And that means that a sign in Sydney Brewstein's window starring Oscar Isaac and Rachel Brosnahan will open 
that day. Thursday night. Yep. Be the original <laughs> production eligible for the award consideration. Very bold of them over at the James Earl Jones Theater. Very totally. exciting. Yeah. Uh, still shocking to me how quick they're turning it around. And of course, obviously, they had the BAM production. So it's not like they had to start anew or anything. And it pretty much just closed. Um you know, not that long ago. The Leah Michelle tour is uh, still going on, it seems. Good for her. I mean, I'm looking forward to nominations. I will be up bright and early on Tuesday morning. Also, you saying that is how I learned that next week is May. So thank you for that. I'm very, very surprised. It's going to be May. Very surprising. Um, to learn that information in real time. But otherwise excited, I've got uh, four or five more shows that are either opening this week or had just opened last week that I have before the nominations on next Tuesday. So we are very much in the final stretch here. Goodness. I do want to point out that something quite obvious and perhaps not even being discussed, nor will I even reframe mm. this this statement. Leah Michelle will be reading the Tony Award nominations, yep. all I'm saying. Yeah. She will. Impressive. Yeah. Earpiece in. In real time. Earpiece in. Real time. in. On that note, um, we're going to continue. <laughs> so uh, Neil Patrick Harris currently at Peter Pan Goes Wrong on Broadway has yeah, extended famously. his run, appearing in the role of Francis through Sunday, May 7th. So you still have another week to see him if you did not get to already. Um, I got to see him. He was pretty yeah. fun. Say, I love that show. And I, I'm usually pretty NPH indifferent. Um, I, you know, I had a great time. I think he did an amazing job. And it's one of those roles that contrary to other roles he may have played in the past on Broadway, uh, pretty much made for him. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely a trickster, a magician. It's something that's kind of been a through line throughout anything he's done. So it was really, really great to see him do this. A delight. Go see him if you can, honestly. Back to talking about the sign in Sydney Bristine's window. So over at the James Earl Jones Theater, they have um, they're you know, they're starting right at that eligibility cutoff for the Tony Awards. Well, now they've announced a ticketing initiative. So they will kick this off for the first two rows of seats for $40 per ticket for the first two weeks of the production's run through May 9th. Those tickets will also be available exclusively in person, which is not always the case with different theaters. Um, right, some yeah. have a clause where you have to do it online and in person. This is going to be absolutely a box office rush moment um, at the James Earl Jones Theater box office beginning April 25th at noon. Um, so I guess as you're hearing this, hopefully you know. Uh, and then <laughs> beginning on April 28th, a digital lottery will make $35 tickets available uh, via the sign on broadway.com limited to two per person. So it's pretty good. You get to do online um, as well. So the digital Absolutely. rush ticketing program offers that through the site, but it's also just restricted to two tickets per person and launching April 28th. There's a lot going on, but they also have an in-person rush for same day tickets for $47. So that's a lot. Um, I know Jeremy yeah. O'Harris had something to say about this. Um, in a, in a public statement I mean, about um, sure. accessibility, because we know that he is very passionate about that. Um, for all ticketing initiatives, it's just not often that that's able to literally happen. Um, like, oh yeah, there's quite a few 100%. like logistics that have to happen, and also big like coops. Big, things big coops. that have to exactly. So it has to 
it's not just a why don't people do this kind of, of thing. Of course, yeah. Always, of- it's there's a hundred hoops that you have to jump through, and it's just kind of a it's a really challenging thing. So, congrats for as often as we talk about accessibility, specifically you and I on this show, um, you know, we're not naive to how many hoops there are to jump through to get to that point. But it is obviously still great to see they're not stupid. They know people are showing up for Oscar Isaac, and they're going to make that possible for the people who are quite honestly his fan base which may or may not be skewing younger than the typical broadway audience so cheaper ticket initiatives we always love to see and i'm very very happy to see another broadway show this season that is doing that Exactly. So we're going to hop over into D.C. because over at the Kennedy Center, Matthew Saldivar, who you might remember from St. Joan and Bernard Hamlet, um, has now joined the cast of Spamalot. We've been talking about the Spamalot cast for a while. You've got Alex Brightman, lots of great people going on there. Uh, But Saldivar will step into the role of Patsy as Harvey Guillen, who we were so excited to see, who is uh, I know. Um, is no longer a part of the production. The show runs uh, May 12th through the 21st. So you'll get to see Matthew. Congratulations to him. Can't wait to see him. Absolutely. I'm so heartbroken then. Not that I'm going to get to see this, but you know, there would obviously be footage and maybe some form of pro tape of some fashion or not even pro tape of some fashion. Regardless, great casting. Is this one that you're going to be able to go see? I know you've made a couple of Kennedy Center trips fairly recently. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So over in streaming news, we've got World's Best, which is uh, Disney's hip-hop musical comedy adventure. That's how it's being billed. Can't wait to see that. Written, uh, sorry, produced and directed by Tommy Kale himself. You know, you're just now seeing a Sweeney Todd and you're like, what more could I have? There's so much more um, that will stream exclusively on (laughs) Disney Plus beginning June 23rd. So if you, I mean, it's, it's kind of the perfect time during the summer to be like, Everyone is, you know, summer vacations and whatnot, like absolutely gather around and watch this on Disney Plus. I can't wait to see it. Mm -hmm. Same. More in Ashley news. Patty Lapone made a statement. Hello. (laughs) Yes. And she did. She's always making statements. For now, for now, I'm saying for now, why she won't be returning to Broadway, according to her. So she says, I've been offered something and there's something I'm interested in doing. But I said to the producer, don't do this on Broadway. I want to work on East 4th Street. I don't want to work on Broadway anymore. Very specific East 4th. What do you know that's out there? Yeah, I'm um, trying to think. <laughs> and she says, Broadway's now turning into a combination of Disney, Las Vegas, and circus. And the circus. Plays are closing. The education of an audience is in grave danger. Plus, Times Square is a nightmare. It's the lowest common denominator of humanity hanging out in Times Square. They're not going to the theater. They make it difficult for people who are trying to get to the theater. And then when you go to the theater, it's way too expensive and it's compromised. So I'll never do eight shows a a week again, ever. (laughs) It's just over. I mean, I have had the Actors Equity card for 50 years, 1973 to 2023. That's enough. I don't want to be on stage. I want to end my career on film. I mean, she's making a lot of good points. I'm not going to lie to her. <laughs> uh, especially thoughts about Times Square. I I would simply be surprised if she doesn't return to Broadway. And this isn't the first time that she's like, I'm done with Broadway. Uh, 
God love her, but there's there's always a chance that that mindset will change, including, you know, maybe not just Broadway, but being on stage in general, her saying, I don't want to be on stage, I want to end my career on film, because this is all part of an interview that she did um, for The Hollywood Reporter talking about Bo is Afraid, the new Ari Aster movie that she's in. Um, so, I mean, that's the big thing at the moment of her being like, I want to be on film, I want to be on TV, whether it's like a Ryan Murphy series or whatever, as opposed to being, I don't know, East 4th Street, what's there, the Connolly Theater? <laughs> that's the only one I could think of at the moment. But I'm sure she'll be back, or she'll be on the West End, because if she's not complaining about being on Broadway, she's seemed like she's been happy, like when she did Company in the West End, talking about how much better that is than Broadway. It's typical Patty stuff. Yep. In feel-good recommendations, if it's not really a recommendation, but it's just in general, Matt Doyle and Max Clayton officially got engaged on a Playbill cruise. It's the most adorable thing you've ever heard. Um, congratulations to them. think <laughs> of anything gayer in this yeah. world than, than them being Broadway in the Netherlands saying, let's get hitched. engaged on the Playbill cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Love it. Congratulations. It's adorable. To them. I need to them. see that like 54 show of them just talking it out through the cruise. It'll be the next Hallmark movie. Aww. And on that note, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Know This Is Ashley. Thank you all so much. We will see you later. Bye.